Hey, y'all. Thank you very much for joining us on Geek Freaks Podcast. Before we get into this episode, I would love for you guys to take a moment to head to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or any other podcast player that does reviews and drop us a review. We appreciate it so much. Your feedback is invaluable to us. I love whenever I get DMs or emails talking about episodes, things you like, things you want to see changed. And it's all very helpful, except for we would really like those in review forms so we could build up those reviews. So again, Apple Podcasts and Spotify are the big two, and we really appreciate it. And we hope you guys enjoy this episode. Again, at the end of this, let me know if there's anything in particular you guys would like to see us change, add, or things that you enjoyed. Those are always good. All right, guys, have a good one. Welcome to Geek Freaks. I am Frank, and I'm joined by Jonathan. Well, hello. We've got a bunch to talk about today. Uh, we got some crazy stuff going down with Marvel's TV stuff. PlayStation 5 Slim was announced, and so much more. Normally, I would start with a Geekbox, Jonathan, but there's breaking news literally five minutes before we started recording, and I got to tell you about it. What live-action show would you want the most? Uh, live action gargoyles. I mean, where do you have Avatar? Just announced going? live action gargoyles what? in the works for Disney Plus. Oh, that's gonna be dope! Oh my god. <laughs> so do you know what? What do you know about it so far? Like literally, this is breaking news. But James Wan's working on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so and it sounds like it's gonna be kind of a like a little bit of a horror bend to it a little bit. I mean, understandably, yeah. especially if like you're one of the humans. <laughs> yeah, it's gotta be a little a little darker because it's it's not gonna be animated. It's gonna be live action, so it's gonna be scarier. Than the cartoon yeah. would be. I'm hoping it's like Werewolf by Midnight that they did for Marvel, where okay. it's like horror in principle alone, but not like actual jump scare. Yeah. But yeah, it's it's got a really good team behind it, and we don't know a lot else about it. Mm. Does it have? Well, you probably don't know, but the the writer, the original writer, who's also doing the comic books now, I'm hoping they brought him along into writing this this uh, live action series. I don't know if that? he's on there, but I know he's talked about making sure that he's on everything Gargoyles, so okay. I wouldn't be surprised. That'd but be foolish know? to leave him behind, really. Yeah, I, I can't imagine them not. They already work with him a lot. Greg Weissman, by the way, is his name. That's it, yeah. Gary Doberman is going to be writing the script for it, but I think he's going to be working with Greg. Just makes sense. Especially since Disney already backs his comic books. So yeah. I mean, like, why would you not? And, like um, and then it's going to be produced by Atomic Monster, which is James Wan's uh, production company. And uh, they do a lot of horror movies like Annabelle and stuff like that. So it's probably going to be a little bit of a monster feel, which I'm on board mm. with. I want to be on set. Like, if it takes more funding <laughs> yes. to make this produce faster, too, where can I link my bank account? <laughs> like, I hope this gets the love that Star Wars and Marvel's get, Marvel gets because it deserves it for sure. Don't yeah. willow this. Like, as much as Willow we were hyped for, Man, it I'm just so flopped. Yeah, that's a shame too. I don't know. I can't. I can't figure out what in the recipe was was wrong. It just didn't. It just didn't work. Yeah, that happens. Marvel's running into that a lot right now. Yeah. So yeah. Man, that's exciting though. Can't wait. That's yeah. that's dope. What crazy breaking news! Like five minutes for good thing we delayed our recording because what always happens is we record on a Sunday night. Good shit comes out on Monday, and I'm like, no, <laughs> just wait. <laughs> all right. So yeah. Um. All right, guys. Let us know what you guys think about Gargoyles and who you'd want to be uh it playing each of these roles. We've actually submitted a fan casting before, so maybe maybe Disney's using it. In which case, you know, just cut us a small check. We'd be okay with yeah, that. Two percent. That's all I need. Two percent. Oh my god! Yeah, seriously, that would be nice. happy. Um, all right, let's go ahead and go back to that geek box. Let's go ahead and pull one out real quick. Wait. What would you keep on a utility belt? You're the new Batman. Oh. What are you gonna keep on that what utility you keep belt? Keep on the utility belt. I mean, he already keeps some pretty smart stuff. Like the grappling hook would be yeah, kind of a go-to. I would like to have like freeze balls that uses the technology that Mister Freeze has. Yeah. To like throw those down and freeze people in place because I think that's like non-lethal and yeah. very useful. We've seen a lot of shows like a shrink ray. Like I think that'd be smart because you can just That's like smart. miniaturize anything you need and take it with you and then, you know, re largeify it. Yeah. That's a word. It's not a word. Largeify it. No, it's in, it's in <laughs> yeah. the books. It's, I'm sure I've seen it. Uh, gosh, I don't know. Yeah. What would you keep on your utility belt? That's as many gadgets as you can fit, I guess. I mean, I'm yeah. a hoarder, so <laughs> I would, I would have the, you know, double decker belt with like 17 different gadgets on there. What are like nowadays, like the most important thing really is a smartphone. Yeah. <laughs> just make sure you can Google stuff. Yeah. yeah. Can you, can you put the, oh, what's his butler's name? Alfred. Alfred. Can you put Alfred on his belt? Like, so you could just take him with him. It'd be like a little backpack on the back end of his belt. How has no AI company used the name Alfred yet? Like that should totally be it. Like, 
Jarvis and Alfred. Come on, make those two AIs already. Yeah, I wonder if it's been patented to be used as a consultant, you know? It's like, just a, well, yeah, I know, it's like just a, a name. if you considered a servant, then yeah, probably. Yeah, but like Jeeves, Ask Jeeves was a thing early on, so if you tried to make a copy of that now, it probably would be <laughs> patented to some extent. Somebody please bring back Ask Jeeves. That's so right. old school. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, most people listening probably have no idea what that is. <laughs> well, back in the day for you young kids, uh, back in the day, the idea of Googling something was so new that we had to like phrase it as a question. Yeah. If you have, if you need to know anything from the internet, you could just ask Jeeves, and he was this butler, like seemingly waiting for you. And I remember when I was young, it almost appeared as if there was literally a guy that was going to answer your questions, not in a yeah. search engine. So, it's, and they had to do that to make it make sense to people, I think, because yeah. they didn't understand. Wait, the computer can tell me the answers. The internet, <laughs> the this network of wires is going to give me information. <laughs> yeah. That doesn't make any sense. There's got to be somebody on the no. other side. Some maybe they're in Bangladesh. I don't know, but somebody over there. Someone's got a bunch of encyclopedias and they're ready to go. Yeah. Yeah. They got a Beauty and the Beast library. They're sliding that ladder back and (laughs) forth. They're going to be quick. But I see, I think of uh, Wreck-It Ralph 2, where there's the, I don't think they call it Google, but there's the little like mini character that he can ask uh, questions to and he like gives them answers right away. Yeah. That's basically uh, as she's on steroids right there. So that's going to be on your utility belt then, right? The little little dude from uh, Wreck-It Ralph then. Yeah, for sure. Uh, let's move into the news. We just got a brand new Mario voice. It was finally revealed. Uh, have you had a chance to listen to the new Mario voice? Yeah, actually, uh, saw it on one of my favorite uh, TikTok channels. Yeah? What'd you <laughs> think of it? Yeah, it, it actually, I, what I did, and I suggest everybody do this, when you, especially when you watch that TikTok, or when you're going to hear them side by side, don't look at the screen. Just put the phone to yeah. your ear. I could not differentiate them. I'm sure if I, if I really tried, or if I could see which was which, then maybe in my mind I'd be able to you know, identify the different sounds or whatever, but it really sounds really close. And I'm glad that they're trying to stick to the original sound because this would be the time to like, oh, let's rebrand Mario and make him sound different right. and stuff like that. But I feel like that would be kind of an injustice to the original voice actor who, you know, they've, they treated well and he was so, you know, iconic and, and did good at what he was doing. So they don't want to yeah. like after he passes or after, you know, just kind of get Retire rid of that, char- that voice. Yeah, Charles Martinet was the original voice. He's done it for 30 years. Yeah. And so he's just kind of retired oh, in a way. That's and he's right, kind yeah. of just like, yeah. He's going to be, yeah, bouncing around ambassador. conventions and stuff, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That's cool. So that's cool. it's good that he didn't like fully go away. And he put out a message like giving the guy a blessing. Like, I'm excited to see the future of Mario is in yeah. good hands. He also does, this guy's going to also be doing, and his name, by the way, is, sorry about that, um, Kevin Afghani. Uh, he's going to also be the voice for Luigi. So he's both mm-hmm. characters, which is, I didn't know that. I don't think Charles was that. That's just pretty good. Um, fiscally <laughs> to be able yeah. to pay one guy. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I think it sounds really good when, I mean, I know Rick and Morty that that just came out with the new voice actors and my God, my Instagram is full of people just not happy about that. <laughs> and uh, I, I don't think it's Morty definitely sounds good, but Rick uh, does sound off. He's not drunk and belligerent, uh, belligerent enough. To yeah. be Rick, which is a shame, but yeah, but I mean, you got to give it a little time too. I'm sure if you listen to season one, he wasn't the same voice as season four or something not. like that. So yeah, right. give the guy a little little bit of time to step into the shoes. <laughs> a lot, a lot of the shows we watch the first couple seasons don't feel right, but then they break in. The cast gets to know each other better. The writers get to understand what the actors can do better, and it just gels. So yeah, you got to give this new actor a little bit of time to fit into that skin. Interestingly enough, too, is Rick and Morty is using two actors now for those roles when mm-hmm. Justin Roiland used to do both roles himself. Yeah. And so that's also kind of a new thing, too, that it's two different actors. And we'll see how that I, I wonder if they're doing that so that the characters can grow separately a little bit more, you know, or if um, one of them goes out for whatever reason, like a Justin Roiland situation where some of them has a sex scandal, you don't lose the entire show. Yeah, <laughs> you, know, right. you just replace one actor. Keeps yeah, a little bit of the cohesion. I hate on Solar Opposites, which is also Justin Roiland voicing that one and creator. Uh, I love the show, but in the newest season, instead of trying to find somebody that sounds close to it, they just went with like, oh, he got hit in the throat and now he sounds British. Yeah. Totally <laughs> different voice. <laughs> it drives but, me bananas. But how does that work for the show? Does that does that not feel like the same show now with him having just a completely different voice? It doesn't. I mean, I've watched that season a few times trying to like get used to it. Yeah. It doesn't seem the same anymore. It's definitely not the same show, which is a shame because mm. it's a really good show. Um, but they like they even joke around with it. Like he gets in the voice. They say, oh, no, your voice is changed now. Um, and it's never going back to so stop asking or something like that. And like <laughs> kind of, you know, just to the Instagram people. But man, it's a shame. It's totally not the same. 
does the his uh, character, the mannerisms, and the way he speaks, does it seem similar, even though his voice sounds different? Or well, the his voice, whole character kind of changed because the voice is so different. Like it goes from like it goes from basically Rick to mm-hmm. a British guy. It just like makes house. the mannerisms feel different. Like it makes things feel more proper or something like that. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's a shame. Yeah, to me, it's like if the voice sounds a little different, you know, like if going from sounding like us to sounding like, you know, Daniel or somebody who's still generally sounds similar, just a different mm-hmm. voice, obviously. But as long as they can capture the mannerisms and the, the acting part in the voice of how that character emotes and everything, I think that is a lot more significant. But if they really can't kind of line those up too, then you're better off just killing off the character and, and making it about a new character. Or killing off the show and use those team, use that team to make a whole new show. I yeah. wish they had just done that, especially since Solar Opposites. Um, if you if you haven't watched it, it is definitely worth watching. Mm-hmm. But it's about a family of aliens, and it's got two mini stories within the stories which they dedicate entire episodes to. One is that the kids, when they get pissed off at somebody, they'll use a shrink ray on them and mm-hmm. put them inside. Um, you know, like Star Trek, how they have those. They always have those zoo episodes where there's mm-hmm. a zoo of different races. Yeah. They basically have that. And so there's an entire Mad Max storyline going on. <laughs> and each season, like they have like huge Game of Thrones level battles in there. Entire oh, episodes man. will be dedicated to it. It's crazy. Um, it's like we're the, now uh, Rick's like battery episode. Kind of like that, but it's something that yeah. continued going. Like we always checked in on the battery. And yeah. so I, mean, I think in four seasons, they've had like three different leaders and gone through three different, different governments. It's just nuts. The other thing is that one guy they got pissed off with before hit for getting too close to his car or whatever. He has a Corvette or whatever. They launched him into space and he got he got recruited into what's called the Silver Cops, which is basically Green Lantern. But they're all like Miami <laughs> douchebag cops. But they're Green Lantern. <laughs> and so now they check oh, in man. on him and he's like dealing with like going undercover for drug busts and stuff like that. And it's like an entire show is like dedicated to him for some reason. Yeah, but yeah they could have yeah, done so that. that would have been, <laughs> been hilarious. You could play it off like the main character, you know, died or something else. And then yeah. just follow Just do a, a spinoff series after that. Yeah, that would have been good. Or, or knowing how they write these shows, it could have been just like, oh, he had a sex scandal. He's no longer going to be seen again. Like, literally just tell the truth, and it would have been yeah, totally understandable for the audience. <laughs> that's true. That probably would have played out better, actually. Yeah. <laughs> All right, we're moving on to the next thing here. Jason Momoa is in talks to play Lobo for Superman Legacy. You remember Jason Momoa? Or not? Oh, Lo- yeah. <laughs> you know Jason I, Momoa. Do you remember Lobo? Yeah, and it's funny. I've never put these two together, but when you see that comparison, you're like, Damn, this guy looks just like him. Like this is a yeah. perfect. I mean, the, he needs the white makeup and the the clothes and stuff like that. But he's the build and the big hair and like everything's like, man, that'd be a really good casting for for Lobo. The funny thing is, is I would I would expect him to play Lobo way before Aquaman. Yeah, like, yeah, for sure. Aquaman was kind of shot in the dark. I mean, it, it was <laughs> he fit the new vision of Aquaman, which is very different than what we were used to. Which you know, I think he did well. The DC has been you know hit and miss for. 20 years or whatever since they got into movies but (laughs) (laughs) for a while but uh but yeah he seems like just a perfect fit for lobo i'm just hoping this isn't you know setting up a really taking a really cool character that they're ready to introduce into a movie and putting in a movie that they're just not dedicated to or not prepared to do and then you know botching the character pretty much you know yeah what's nice with this being superman legacy it sounds like it's gonna have a lot of heroes and and we're getting it's our new DC, it's our new Superman, and mm-hmm. they're getting into it with, hey, Superman's already existed for a long time. You don't have to see him in Kansas. He's already Superman, and like he's friends with Green Lantern already, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of cool that we're already in an established world. And knowing Lobo, like we both know, he's not a character you just kill and you never see again. Yeah. No, he comes back with like a new crazy story or whatever, and sometimes mm-hmm. works with Superman. Like, hey man, so I got into a big space bar brawl, and now they're coming to Earth because I accidentally had Earth dirt on my shoes. And like, that's the kind of thing that would just like happen. And yeah. so I'm really hoping that they kind of like keep Lobo around and we seem kind of like Loki just pop yeah. up in future projects, you know, that'd be cool. And I see that, like you're saying, they're going to have multiple heroes to come together in this. I think they're trying to like jump the gun and get to where Marvel is now. And that's to me, that's just not the way to go in DC. I would like to see Iron Man, like the single character standalone movies that eventually built up. And Marvel kind of pushed it along pretty fast once they saw how good it was doing. But, you know, you could even take longer than they took. I know financially they wanted to be done yesterday. But, you know, you got to build out these individual characters and not force the fans to love them, but find which ones the fans love. And you elaborate on those ones and and make more stories for them. 
and then weave them together. And you don't have to retell the same stories you've told before. You can be writing fresh content. It doesn't have to be directly from the comic books, but I don't know. I feel like they're trying to do what Marvel's done at, and at an accelerated pace, and it's probably not going to pay out. I'm hoping with James Gunn and seeing how he handled like Guardians of the Galaxy 3, which might be the best Marvel movie mm-hmm. ever. I'm hoping it's because he's going to be leaning in on character driven stuff. Like yeah. he's, he's pulling from Grant Morrison, Superman, which is uh, Superman All-Star. And it's all about like in that story, Superman knows he's got one year to live. And it's these heartwarming stories of him just trying to like save people without actually being Superman. A lot of times, like there's this one part where he convinces this young, I think it's a young woman to not kill herself. And it's just like this conversation they have. And all of a sudden you're like, oh my God, it's so heartbreaking and beautiful. Mm-hmm. And like, that's the stories we want. Those are things that we'll remember long past. Like, oh, look, Flash runs fast. Um, hopefully we get those. And I think that might be something that James Gunn can handle. Yeah. Let's move on to Marvel side of things. So they just had, oh, John, a mess mm-hmm. over at Marvel TV. So this is what's going down. We have what's called Daredevil Born Again. It's a new show that's in development. And the idea is that it's taking the Netflix Daredevil, mm-hmm. putting it over on Disney Plus, and it's going to be this Born Again. This is, you know, same Daredevil, but now kind of more canon feel. And they're going to do it 18 episodes for it. And oh boy, we're excited because everything else is six episodes. I can't believe Loki's already like halfway done. Mm. it's just ridiculous they were halfway through done producing the show it's nine episodes they already have finished and marvel saw it was just like this sucks we're not gonna put this (laughs) out we're done we're not doing this what it is is marvel this entire time has just been using executives basically kevin feige and crew to make these shows they haven't been hiring showrunners they haven't been hiring writers that specifically know how to write for tv they haven't made what's called show bibles which are like the like rule book for your tv show and mm-hmm. they haven't been making pilots to even say if people would want this. So like normally a show would make a pilot first, see if it even looks right or sounds like a good idea before they invest the money into an entire show. Yeah. Basically, they were just like, hey, guys who make movies, can you make movies that last for six hours? Yeah. And they were. And that's what we were getting. Yeah, they've been running on autopilot because they've made so much money so successfully. Like, oh, we yeah. can just change this character for that character and put them in blue instead of red and make another million dollars and turn them out. Right. The idea, yeah, the idea was that people are just going to watch it because it's Marvel. They're not gonna, yeah. They didn't have to worry about it. And they're starting to see, like, boy, Secret Invasion was a flop. Yeah. That was you know, one. She-Hulk, real big flop. They're realizing their mistakes. And after how bad, like, Daredevil's kind of got a lot riding on it. Echo, mm-hmm. which is one of their shows coming up. Did you watch the Hawkeye series? Uh, no. Okay, well, Echo was introduced that she's, she is deaf. A really badass character, but she's got her own series coming up. Now, normally they would release it week by week like everything else. Like, no, in January, we're just going to release them all. It's got a real, like, nah, we don't care anymore vibes. (laughs) And so, and then with how bad Daredevil was looking, they decided to change things up. So this is what they're going to be doing. They're hiring showrunners to maintain the consistent vision from start to finish of the show. Mm -hmm. Um, They're going to be appointing dedicated TV executives to ensure that the medium gets the specialized attention it requires. So no more just putting a movie guy in charge and say, make a long movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're going to be developing pilots and show Bibles before committing to a full season. So they're going to make sure that the show, so like a show Bible, a lot of way, a good way to look at it is it's like your business model. Yeah. You can't go to a bank and ask for a loan without a business model and just be like, I want to open a pizza store. Bah, bah, bah. No, you have to actually yeah. have a plan. Especially when like this character at some point decided, you know, he's not going to kill, uh, kill villains anymore or something like that. And then yeah. that has to carry throughout the story. This you know, challenge exactly. of, is he going to, is he going to bring this, you know, battle to the fringe and then he's going to stop and not kill that guy because the dedication that he committed to earlier, or this is going to be the breaking point and it's going to be this big climactic moment where he decides that this guy has to die because he's too much of a threat or something. Yeah. That kind of stuff has to be carried from movie to movie or when they cross from movie to series or whatever. Yeah. Carry on with those characters, uh, plot lines. And and there's two more things. And then I want to come back to that because I think we have Mm -hmm. a problem with that currently with Loki. So they're also going to be producing multi-season serialized TV shows, moving away from this limited series format. Mm -hmm. And lastly, and most importantly, they're going to be focusing on character-driven narratives instead of the event-based stories. So returning back to Loki, one of my complaints, while I am loving the show, don't get me wrong, one of my complaints is that it's so disjointed in like like one moment, like just, I was telling Thomas this, four episodes ago, when that one woman goes and starts bombing all the branches and start pruning all the branches, we would consider her a hero in the TVA. She's mm-hmm. kicking ass. She's getting rid of all those loose branches. And now, just four episodes later on, we're like, no, you're killing billions. Like, how am I supposed to shift emotionally? And the characters are definitely shifted emotionally. Like, the characters are damn near in tears. When yeah. it's like, you, your job was to do that. 
you know, four episodes ago. So yeah. it's, it's a little tough to kind of balance time. that. Yeah. 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 It's like, so, they're, they're just, they're just moving that story, that, that plot twist too fast in the story and not giving you time to adjust to it. Right. And if you think about how they're saying they're going to be going from character driven narratives to um, event driven formats, if you think about an event way, it's like first event, we need to get to where we meet King the Conqueror. Second mm-hmm. event, now we have to fix King's story. Like, like it doesn't matter if those two connect at all. And it's kind of like they don't emotionally. Yeah. So, you know, if you have them driven character wise, then you're going for Loki. You're talking about a guy who was used to being a villain, which we did get some of this, but like it's going to be focused on this now. Mm-hmm. A guy who was a villain is learning what it means to be a hero, me- seeing maybe that there's more important things than him always losing or winning. Like mm-hmm. that's something that you could follow more. And then what's nice is you could then take that character, plug them into a movie here and there and take them back out. And it doesn't change things. Like it's still a character that's well formatted and stuff like that, you know? Yeah. And I think with this whole dynamic with Sylvie's a little complicated. I think, I think we're going to see it. I'm hoping they, yeah. they are producing it to be, you know, unravel more, but it's like, he already has this huge ego and he's like proving now that he falls in love with himself, but he's so resentful for himself and blames himself for so much. So he's got to get to this point of resolution where he forgives himself. And then, you know, it's got to come to some end where it's like he can get he can let go of himself and no longer center his world around him, which I think would be him letting go of Sylvie at the end. And, you know, her truly dying or, or something like that. I don't know. Yeah, that Sylvie relationship's so weird. I, I, I still have a hard time justifying it. Like, yeah, like those two people I'm cool with being in love. It's the fact that like it's still you, bro. It <laughs> it's yeah. same DNA. Exactly. So I don't know if they did they if they wrote that with an end in mind, then maybe it'll be really good. But if they did like Lost and they just got it started and thought, yeah, this is going to be cute and then didn't know where it was going to go, then yeah, it might be pretty stale by the time we get to the end of it. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I think they need to. There are some rumors or some fan theories that Sylvie stays around and she's actually uh, Doc's, which is the, the kind of the older lady that's been pruning all the timelines. Like that's mm-hmm. Sylvie from the future. I kind of hope they go with that because then it makes sense that like, okay, Loki went off to go do Loki things and then Sylvie stayed around to help with the TVA. Like that kind of mm-hmm. just makes sense to me. I'm hoping something like that happens. But they don't age don't with, when they're at the TVA, right? Yeah, it would have to be something like she got lost in another timeline or something like that for a while and then came back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. They'll figure something out, right? It's time you yeah. me. We've yeah. watched enough Star Trek to know you could just kind of just make a device that fixes something and it's good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So there's all kinds of shifts and stuff like that come into Disney Plus. I think this is generally good because I'd rather Marvel make something that's going to last a long time than giving me three shows per year. I don't need three shows per year as long as they're good one show that I remember. Like The Mandalorian yeah. comes out so rarely, it feels like. Mm-hmm. But I, I'm a big fan every time it releases, you know. Yeah. So hopefully the same thing. Moving over to our next thing here. PlayStation reveals PS5 Slim. Uh, it's one of the best things I love about this thing, Jonathan, is, mm-hmm. you know, you could buy the digital version, they call it the digital version, or the disc version, which means it has the disc drive as part of it. And I made sure to have the disc version of the regular PS5. Mm-hmm. Now, finally, they're adding a thing where you could just add the disc later on if you want to. Oh, and it just attaches to the side and the plate changes on the outside so it doesn't look like you bought a different one at all. Mm-hmm. I love that feature. I think it should be something that we put on all future consoles honestly do you think they're still going to sell discs in another five years or ten years there's a lot of collectors that are really pushing that they keep the physical copies around because it's the only time you can get a really good deal on old video games like the digital version of games you're kind of stuck to the digital libraries too yeah i think i think eventually they're just gonna i mean the the cost i know it doesn't cost a lot to produce the discs but Mm -hmm. it's really not needed anymore everything's downloaded whether you get the disc or not right you put the disc in as a product key to download the game so I think you'll get we're going to get to the point where you buy the game online, say you buy it for 70 bucks and for an extra three dollars or three ninety nine, you can have the disc case with the sleeve and all that stuff mailed to you. Or maybe they'll even at that point make them nicer, make them the aluminum cases or uh, come with a keychain or something like that in it, a collector's kit kind of thing. I think I think that's a better way to go. And I imagine we'll probably get to there you know, five or 10 years or something like that, because the discs Some are games are doing that. Yeah. They, they, when you buy the um, physical copy, whatever, you still get a code to put in and you mm. don't even get a disc. You'll just get the like tin box. box. Like the, oh, you get the metal <laughs> box collector box. Yeah. And it always starts to fuss every time they do that. But it's like, guys, get ready. That's kind of just how it's going to end up being. Yeah. I think it's better that way. I don't really care to have the disc myself anyways. If no, granted, I don't want, there needs to be some kind of law or something protecting us from losing our digital libraries because I can see yes. it, like a company goes out of business 
and that library gets bought by somebody else or or deleted and you no longer have that content anymore that that should be illegal um but you know i as long as they're protect from that kind of thing happening like you can store a hard copy of a digital copy on your desktop and not have yeah. to be on their cloud service or whatever uh i think that would be fine then i think that's the only way to really solve that problem is that you get to download a copy of the game that has no connection to having to be online or with registries yeah. or anything like that yeah we're far away from that, that. <laughs> how do they keep it from being uh distributed after that you know ask scott he doesn't buy a new game anymore that guy yeah. He's like, oh, I'm sure you're playing Assassin's Creed. I'm like, oh, I'm trying to save money. I got BlizzCon coming up and I got Spider-Man 2. I got to make sure to get that. And he's like, oh, no, just pirate it. I'm like, no, dude, I want to support the game company. <laughs> <Right>? yeah. <laughs> I don't want to do that. <laughs> All these actors need to get paid and everything. <laughs> yeah. Uh, God bless him. <laughs> but yeah, it's just so, kind of funny. He's like, yeah, come on, pirate it. What are you talking about? <laughs> I was like, no, man. The new PS5 being so slim, do you know how they did that? I'm just guessing, but I'm assuming they yeah. don't have the traditional hard drive anymore. They went SSD. And now that they did that a while ago. Capacity. Oh, yeah. okay, okay. They did that a while ago. So it's it's thirty percent reduction in volume shows how much it's slimmer, but it's eighteen to twenty four percent more power. Or I'm sorry, it's I'm sorry, it's eighteen to twenty four percent less weight, but it's a more powerful processor and a bigger um, SSD drive. So a bigger mm. hard drive essentially, yeah. the full terabyte now, uh, which you definitely need, man. Those games fill up quick on these so, things. So what did they change to make it physically smaller, like? What was their... They just... They just... Proprietary. You know, yeah, but I mean, I can't necessarily press, t- tell you yeah. the exact things. I don't know it, but but basically, they just got it to where the comp- components were smaller. They That's what they focus mm. on after they released the original one. Because I was wondering, I don't know if they have, like, the Xbox has the, the separate power supply, pretty much, that block that you plug in, which it seems like every time they make a console, it's bigger, and it, now it has its own fan in it, and it's loud as can be. Yeah. So I was wondering if they didn't have that you know said it before and now maybe they switch to that which gives them a ton more space i'm pretty sure the ps5 doesn't have a separate thing i think it's just our straight core to the wall yeah so nice. maybe that is something that they did to kind of help free up some space that would be smart that's a good mm-hmm. move yeah we're gonna be sticking in the world of gaming john we're talking about minecraft now this is a very interesting story i'm not entirely sure which side i'm on yeah what did you did you already read read about I, this i did i read it on 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 the geek freaks uh, podcast website it was it's interesting i can't it's it's a comp i don't have a solution for it. it's a complicated dilemma right. but so as far as i understand every year the the mojang releases options to the fans of what mob what characters or you know villains or whatever they want to add to the game and so the the fans the players will vote on which one they want added and to me that seems like just a fun thing as a player like you get to help choose you know do you want a new version of zombie pigs or you know some giant bats or uh, a different type of like a billy goat or something like that that yeah. you know whatever you want a, a different a different turtle you know but people the the fans the players are actually putting together a petition to stop that altogether not that they hate the options that were offered but they're realizing that it's tearing apart the fans they've now yeah. it's creating unnecessary elections where there's a, it's a three-party system because there's three options to choose from and people are getting online bickering back and forth when really minecraft has always been just a fun place for people to come and play together. And, you know, aside from a few small anomalies, for the most part, it's a happy, peaceful place, for, you know, for people to get together and play. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, this it's, it's an interesting dilemma that Mojang's just trying to give us options to keep expanding the game and add more fun to it. And the players are actually like, no, 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 you're pitting us against each other by giving us options. So what do you think? How, how do you think Mojang should respond to that? Yeah, isn't that an interesting situation? And another thing too that they're saying is like you guys, th- you guys make the other two options that we don't pick, so that we can pick them. Like you guys already make the assets, so just release yeah. all three. Yeah. And they say that the modders that they in the article I talk about that I write it up where the modders they appreciate because the modders will just make a fake version of both the other options too, so everybody can download everything. Yeah. And so it's like, why can't you guys do that, Mojang? Instead of pitting us against each other. Maybe you make it to where one is free and the other two cost like a hundred coins or something like that. Some pretty much almost free thing. But I mean, it was something that I kind of thought was interesting. So I was like, I mean, Mo, I never thought about it before, but Minecraft is probably the only game I play, maybe Sea of Thieves, where it is all for one. I mean, mm-hmm. there, we are very rarely at each other's necks. Yeah. And Mojang, in an attempt to create clicks or buzz, they create this this turf war that. Uh, <laughs> People get invested with because for a lot of people, Minecraft is their only game. So they yeah. get really invested in it. 
I, I think what I would do instead, you know, release individual little characters without any option, occasionally adding them to the game. Uh, that's always fun. The dragon is fun. The the yeah. uh, skeleton creature, whatever it was, a three-headed skeleton thing. Uh, there's a lot of fun, like, bosses, or several, not a lot, several fun bosses in the game. I would release a new boss every year or two or three years, something like that. Instead of creating something for people to argue about, you know, this or that, you create something where you have to unlock it first off. You have to figure out how to unlock it and go find it and join together because you should be a one shot kill if you're out there trying to solo this this boss. And then, you know, brings you and some friends or make new friends to join together and try to take it down. And then, yeah, some really cool new loot that we haven't seen yet comes out, even if it's just uh, decorative or a trophy or something like that. But uh, I think it'd be a lot more fun to have a new boss than to have a different color pig or something. Yeah, and, and the things that they drop, like some of these creatures all drop something different that kind of adds some benefit. Some mm-hmm. benefits are more far more important to some players for the mm-hmm. people for the place they created. So mm-hmm. then you're like, well, yeah, of course I'm going to fight for that. I don't care about the armadillo, but it drops the thing that I really could use. And yeah. so you create a problem there. But if it's one boss, you know, then it's a whole different thing. Armadillo could drop. I'm just, I'm always, I want to, I wish I was a modder actually to be adding things to Minecraft would be fun. Yeah. An armadillo could drop like a hard shell like armadillos wear to where you can roll like Sonic and then you could just bounce around the whole place like Sonic and, you know, move really fast throughout the land. That'd be pretty cool. I'm trying to find what it does drop. I forget what it drops because it's one of the three that you can vote on this year. Mm -hmm. But yeah, currently there's 300,000 players petitioning for this to stop and they're calling boycott the vote, which will negate the um, hype behind the item like really the hype is in the opposite direction right now for mojang so yeah. it's, it's really working against them one of the things i i think is very interesting that's kind of pushing this it's totally a gen z vibe in my opinion mm-hmm. is they're using a lot of they're using communism propaganda art but they're using ai generated images for it so mm-hmm. they're just like like literally what they're typing type of thing is make communism propaganda art about stopping mojang from forcing us to vote and then you get these arts and it's like this is the stuff I saw in textbooks, yeah. but it's a Minecraft soil. And uh, you know, it's <laughs> stuff like that. It's like really neat. I mean, honestly, I like this one right here that I put on. I made sure to put it in the article itself where it shows like rolling up your sleeves. It's such a classic 1930s kind of propaganda art. But like you can recognize if you recognize the color of those sleeves. Oh, that's Steve. Steve's mm-hmm. rolling up his sleeves like he's going to fight for the people. And uh, <laughs> yeah, it's just an interesting, interesting idea. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Um. Which way do you believe? Do you believe we should get rid of the vote or keep it? Yeah, I think, I mean, obviously the fans aren't, aren't liking it. And, and the new content is, is fun, but it doesn't need to be voted on. If you, I don't know, if you like all three, I mean, you could put, just put one out there. Don't put three out there. Say Armadillo character, he's, he might do this, this, and this. What do you guys think? Then get people's feedback and say, oh, well, you know, you should make it to where he can roll. And maybe he burrows underground and, yeah. you know, it's really hard to kill. And then you take that advice and you just create that one. And then six months later, hey, guys, we're thinking about making a new kind of lava character. What do you think about this? Just one at a time, put them out, get feedback, create it, and the fans will enjoy it. Meanwhile, still make some really surprising new mobs, uh, bosses without, uh, I mean, you can get feedback on them, but I think it'd be a lot more fun if you get a new boss that drops and nobody was expecting it. And uh, and it's kind of a, a question of like, how do you find it? How do you get it? You know, how do you take it down? Just make it all a mystery until a few people beat it and then they, you know, share it with everyone else. World of Warcraft now is a department that's in charge of that. Putting in puzzles that span the entire game that take mm-hmm. months to solve and they give no pointers. Yeah. They just have to like, I remember for one of them was like, you had to realize that these five rocks on this random beach make up the map of Azeroth. And one of the rocks has like a crustacean on it that's a star. And so then they went there and that opened up everything. But like you just had a random, some player had to randomly come across these rocks on a beach. And that's I just crazy. loved it. Yeah. So that was a whole community for it. They have their own Discord where they try to like, right, everybody scour the cities, scour the beaches, scour the forests. They try to mm-hmm. find the next clue that they just put in. And so, all yeah, the, that'd be all, so dope. All the information's in the desk. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, Jonathan, you're killing me. I like it. <laughs> Uh, we are big Taskmaster fans around here, guys. Since we've been bringing it up, just to let you guys know, I think I've rewatched Taskmaster Series 15, I don't know, five times. <laughs> it's a really good one. It's the one with May and stuff. So Yeah. All right. Uh, last story we're going to be going over. This is the biggest gaming acquisition 
in history. It's crazy. But Microsoft just fin- finalized their acquisition of Activision Blizzard. So that means that Microsoft, wh- one of those lines that just kind of kind of made me sit back like, oh yeah, I forgot about that. Halo and Call of Duty are owned by the same company now. Yeah. That crazy. could be an awesome mashup if they put those together somehow. For real. But growing up, that was always kind of like, are you a Call of Duty player or a Halo player? Like depending yeah. on what kind of shooter you liked. Yeah. Soaking bullets or like one shot kills and stuff like that. <laughs> That's pretty cool. But yeah, this deals $69 billion and it mm-hmm. brings in Activision, King, which is the uh, version of it that does mobile gaming, and Blizzard, all under Xbox, alongside Bethesda, Rare, and all the other companies that they own. Um, and I mean, the, the, they already put out a video of like, hey, welcome home, guys. Uh, we got BlizzCon in three weeks, so I'm very excited to see what they talk about with this related yeah. to BlizzCon. All their plans. And that'd be a lot of fun. Yeah. I, what I do you think about get, this? How is this not a monopoly? Yeah, good point. <laughs> I mean, it, it it really, it seems like there's there's no way this can't be. I mean, I get there's still some competition in the market, but they're just this beast that keeps growing. And as long as they keep putting out good games and content for us, then, you know, we benefit from it. But at some point, they're just going to consume the rest of the market, right? I mean, who who else? They're competing with Sony. Who else is really competing in the same field as them? Yeah. And for this merger to go through, they had to go to, I think it was like 29 countries to get approval. The last two holdouts were United States and UK. Mm -hmm. And United States, the FTC was saying like, no, this is a monopoly. You're going to kill competitiveness. And so did the UK. But then uh, Microsoft countered both of those. But every country, PlayStation was there to say like, no, we can't lose Call of Duty. And Xbox was like, we'll give you a contract that says you'll never lose Call of Duty. That's Mm -hmm. not what this is about. But, you know, it goes back and forth. And I will admit my bias is definitely with Xbox just because I've always been an Xbox fan. I may own a PS5, but still. And I'm definitely a Blizzard fan, above all things. I'm a little biased on that. Let me uh, get to Kyle real quick. We asked people in Discord if they have any opinions on this they want to make sure to mention on the podcast. Uh, Kyle brought, brought up a really good point. He says it's a bittersweet situation. The key thing is that for, you know, over 20, 10 years now, Blizzard fans have always, and Activision fans, have always hated CEO Bobby Kotick, the guy that runs Activision Blizzard. He's money first. He hid the sexual abuse stuff a few years ago. He's not a great guy. And so a lot of this deal going through is excitement that on January 1st, he's out of, he's out of a job. And so he thinks by the, the fans fervor, that's coming from that a lot. Um, personally, in my opinion, it's because I'm a huge fan of World of Warcraft and I see how Blizzard runs the community of Sea of Thieves mm-hmm. and the community of, of actually of Minecraft too. They own Minecraft as well. And I'm like, yeah. okay, I'm happy with those communities. I'm okay if that becomes how they run World of Warcraft community. Um, and then he, he mentions that as for Microsoft's quality, to negate how great everybody thinks the quality is, you have to look at the Bethesda games like Redfall, which completely failed, and Starfield, which had minor situations. I will say that Starfall did have minor situations, but the game overall is spectacular. I'd give it that. But yeah, he thinks that this could be, it's a bit of a sweet situation. There are definitely good and bad, but he thinks that the fans might be a little too excited about this. Mm-hmm. That was Kyle. Um, he's over on our Discord, guys. Yeah, I think he's got some really good points there. What do you think? Yeah, I worry that, like, I, I, I've been pitching this for a long time, and maybe it's never going to happen, but it depends on where the money's at. You used to tell me before that consoles, when they sell, the stores don't really make money on the system. They make money on the games. Yeah. We yeah. no longer need a system in the household. Everybody that has a computer, your computer can handle almost every game that's out there now, mm-hmm. for the most part. So we're getting to a point where if Microsoft makes that transition of, Hey, instead of making the Xbox, we're going to make the Xbox PC where your Xbox now can open Excel and word and do all the things that you, you can, you can do your homework on your Xbox is how they could pitch it. Really. It's just an awesome gaming PC that they're making, you know, with the, the same interface and stuff like that as an Xbox or more user-friendly. I think it's just a matter of time. And now they're going to have a bigger piece of the market. So they'll have a little more leverage to, push that and and have a massive library that's instantaneously accessible because you're linking everything to your your you know digital library already you don't need a disc tray but your your computer your xbox pc can come with one um but you'll you'll as soon as you plug it in and log in have all your games fully accessible i just think it's it's got to be the way they go the only you know hold up is it is a big transition for a lot of people to i mean yeah it doesn't Theoretically, it would be, but it's very similar. Your your Xbox is already practically a PC with limited oh, abilities. Yeah. yeah, 
So I think it's got to be coming soon. And maybe maybe this after, you know, five, 10 years of flushing this out a little bit, we'll um, be able to make that transition. I think Xbox's plans for that transition, which I think they're definitely putting in place now, is to go beyond the Xbox themselves. And, and we talked about this in the past. They don't they're not going to be naming the Xboxes separately anymore. They're just mm-hmm. going to say it's series, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the key for them is Game Pass. I think that's where it's all at. And so they think, look, we're going to make Game Pass such a good deal. Like if they add, for example, if they add my $15 a month for World of Warcraft, if they add that as part of Game Pass, I have no reason to not be on Game Pass because I already would be paying that for World of Warcraft. So yeah. why would I not just have Game Pass? Mm-hmm. But now that they're adding Call of Duty to it, like think about Call of Duty players or Starfield. Starfield's this great game that came out for a lot of users. They just paid the $10, $20 a month for Game Pass and they got to play a $70 game for, for that price. Not for free, mm-hmm. but for that price. And you unlocked the entire Xbox library. If you add Activision to that, just like you just added Bethesda, mm-hmm. it makes it to where Game Pass is like how Netflix was four years ago. The thing you just paid for is not yeah. something you even debated about. It's like, yeah, that's where I play all my games. No, duh. I think that's what they're shooting for. So it makes sense, though, adding so much more to the library, Game Pass price would go up. What do you think would be the max you'd be willing to pay before questioning whether it's worth canceling Game Pass? Ask Netflix, because they keep yeah. like the, they, they like <laughs> to dance on that damn line. Right. Um, I would say that, uh, yeah, right now I pay... So when I do use Game Pass, which I'm not subscribed right now, actually, uh, I like the $10 version because it's just for PC. But if I mm-hmm. had an Xbox as well, which I, I probably will here pretty, pretty soon, uh, I think it's like $15 that does it for both. And it unlocks every Xbox game. Day one, you could play an Xbox game that comes out. It's crazy. So I think, I think $15 is pretty solid. I would not go higher than $25. I'm saying that's in the future where it's yeah. like my sole video game source. That's what I was thinking too. Is like once they get once they get all this library integrated and stuff, and they're really pushing it. I think twenty two ninety nine is going to be their their hot number of where they're trying to pitch the the full access package or whatever. And then probably yeah. like eighteen ninety nine or or seventeen ninety nine for the the lower grade less access. But I could definitely see that happen. But it gets you so much more content now. So assuming yeah. they keep it uh, one wide open library. Funny uh, enough, be PlayStation's cool. been like three steps behind on this entire streaming service. Yeah. thing right but they just announced something that i think was going to help a lot and microsoft cannot even touch it mm-hmm. all the sony movies are going to be included so now you can watch sony movies which is a lot of movies actually you know what would would help sony put your system into your tvs yeah. you know how you get a tv that's got hulu built into it and stuff like that or or you know it put put playstation games into your tv so that it can be streamed through what was that that web-based... Uh, this cloud gaming or pushing. Okay, there was another company that was making a Strata or something like that. Scadia. So Google made Stadia. It, they yeah. launched it and it already collapsed. So that yeah. shows you how well they did it. But yeah, Xbox has been working on Xbox cloud gaming. Mm-hmm. And they have the Keystone we announced a year ago. They ended up pushing it off because of this deal. But mm-hmm. Keystone's eventually coming out. It's going to be like a fire stick. You just plug into the back of your TV. Yeah. And you stream all your games instead of actually playing it on a hard... I mean, that's just... Again, it's yeah. all Game Pass. If Sony wants to stay stay relevant, I mean, Microsoft has a good grip on on PC, you know, systems. Sony yeah. has a ton of TVs they produce. Put it built built into your TVs and get a head start on everybody else. Yeah, it's getting to where like like right now I've got the new Spider Man coming out, but I don't think I've played a major PlayStation game since God of War. No, yeah. Star Wars, Star Wars Fallen or, or Survivor. Mm-hmm. But I mean, it's only what every four months that I'm playing a PlayStation game. But if you were paying a subscription to a game, you're more likely to just try things. Mm-hmm. And more importantly, like the gyms, you know, you're more likely to forget that you're paying for it. And yeah. then that's just free. You know, that's just free money for them. You know what I would like to see from Microsoft now? And this would be kind of diversifying, you know, a way for them to get more revenue, honestly, is mm-hmm. lean into now that they have so much, so much to offer, lean into um, big, uh, what do you call that? Big, uh, competitions big uh what do they call that tournaments tournaments host host them you know down like they do blizzcon like host a big event where it's a week long you know all these different microsoft games are being you know played and make a big trophy and it'd be the the nascar indy 500 or whatever of gaming really lean into that and make a massive convention out of every year i think that'd be cool that's a good idea xbox is big enough to do that like xbox fest or something like that do it in Vegas in that new dome. 
Oh, oh my so god, that cool. sphere is so freaking cool. Sphere, yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> that would be that'd be intense. I can't imagine. I mean, Microsoft has the money to to put together that kind of presentation, that kind of convention. Um, but will they will will it give them the return on their investment? Maybe not. But it'd be it's nice a, to see but them it's try. a big press statement. You know how much yeah. I'm seeing that sphere on TikTok right now? Oh yeah, you can all imagine the, time. the Xbox logo rotating around that thing so easily. Oh yeah, just the yeah, yeah the little ball. Yeah, that'd yeah. be dope. That would be a really good idea. Um, <laughs> let us know what you guys think about this acquisition. I, I'm trying to look at the positives for sure as a world of Warcraft. I think there's a player, there's a lot of positives and they already have said like one of the main Activision franchises that they think, why is it not still around is guitar hero. And I'm like, mm-hmm. hell yeah, it's a good idea. Guitar hero is a great game. So that's one of them that they would jumpstart. Let us know what you guys think and what games you want them to bring back or what games you think are going to be bolstered by this deal. Is there any games you could think of off the top of your head? uh not specifically it's i've been so detached from like modern games i have no idea but yeah thinking of guitar hero i think one of the biggest hindrances it had was that you had to buy the guitar or the like when they had uh the other one you had to buy the drums and the the physical things that are large and have to be produced if there was a way to make those work well with the smartphone or vr really would be ideal i think for something like guitar yeah, I think hero. So too. um that would be that'd be really cool but i don't know I, if they're I think the, going vr the benefit now is bluetooth like now you don't yeah. have to have a plug that plugs into every system. Mm-hmm. Now you just like, yeah, it connects with Bluetooth like all the controllers do. So then it would be easier to have it like more universal so that when a new Xbox comes out or a new game comes out, whatever, it's just Bluetooth. It's like another controller. That's true. And Google made that uh, Google ring. I think it was that where you can control your phone and stuff like that. Like mm-hmm. imagine it would be really easy to make a gloves that have a Bluetooth fingertips so you can be air guitar and playing. That'd be or- fun. Yeah, or different instruments. Yeah, you could be using the Bluetooth gloves and playing the drums, and it would have to sense where you're striking it. Yeah, I was itching to play guitar here, and I was like, oh, I'll just buy one of the old games. Let me see who's got one online. Holy shit, they're like 200 bucks. People who are collecting oh, the bad boys. Oh, yeah. really? And wow. you know, the times I've like, I think I've thrown away those guitars. Yeah, honestly, <laughs> in the past. That's Jeez. a shame. You yeah. see them at flea markets sometimes, but I don't. I don't know. Yeah, if I need to keep an eye out. cheap there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, last bit, actually, I forgot about this. This is also a news story that came out this morning. So X-Men 3, mm-hmm. the old X-Men movies, it came out that uh, Matthew, gosh dang it, I forgot his name, <laughs> Matthew Vaughn, who was the director of X2, was working on X3, and he goes into the studio's office, and they have a big version of a script there, and he's like, that's way too big, and I, I have the whole TikTok up for you guys, so you can actually watch him talk about this at New York Comic Con, but then they're like, oh, don't worry about that, and then they're like, no, what is it, and he pulls it, and he sees it, and it's the Halle Berry version of the script, mm-hmm. and I remember there's some rumors of this as a kid, but the rumors that we were being fed was that, oh, Halle Berry, what a, I'm going to use this as a term that I said in high school. Oh, what a bitch for not wanting to be Storm anymore. That kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. Like she was being a drama queen or something. A diva. That's the way yeah. it was pitched. I so remember, what it yeah. was, was they wrote a different script for her to read that made Storm like a main character. Yeah. And then once they got her in contract, like they threw it away and gave her yeah. a whole new script. So that Matthew left the series, but now it's like, man, what a shitty move. Amongst all the SAG after strikes, you're like, oh yeah, oh, you guys are really looking like assholes right now. Yeah, and it was like it was like a Black Panther, and she's you know T'Challa. The way that the yeah. beginning of the script sounded, it's like oh, she's saving you know these tribes that need water and stuff like that. And it's well, of course that's going to make you want to you know take a role, oh, yeah. even probably take a pay cut to get into a role like that. And then yeah. when they throw the script away and like oh no, actually we rewrote your character. She's just going to be standing next to yeah. The hot Wolverine. chick next to Wolverine. Yeah, yeah. it's like, oh, no, go fuck yourself. But it, it's, that's, What's a shame that's is that up. sounded like a really good piece of story right there. Yeah. Where, like, it was like, oh, I didn't think about how Storm could be saving people that we need saving today, not just, like, yeah. superhero character stuff. Yeah. It's a shame. And X2, to me, was the best of, of the X-Men movies. I wish they I continued. Too, like, yeah. If, yeah, maybe if they did actually give her what she wanted, it would have been, you know, X3 would have been just as good. Yeah, well, if they kept, yeah, if they kept Matthew Vaughn, the director, who left because yeah. of that. Yeah. Um, it would have been interesting. He ended up coming back to do first class, which I think first class I think was good. I know a lot of people were iffy on that. I thought it was yeah. good. But then um then he wrote the next movie and they're like, oh no, we already promised that to Brian Singer, so you don't get to do that one. And then they forced him to leave. And it's like, screw you guys. So he was just that was done the with time them. travel one, right? Days of Future Past or something like that. Yeah. 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 That, that was a that wasn't that wasn't my favorite of him. <laughs> he went off to go make Kingsman after that, which I think Kingsman is. Have you Wildly watched Kingsman? Successful. I haven't. You've you've suggested it so many times too. Son of a bitch. I still haven't seen it. Isn't That's it good. Recommendations of, of the week. Go watch Kingsman. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, you really should watch Kingsman. It's I I I liken it to 
007, but back in the 70s when they were just like, yeah, let's just make shit blow up. It's fine. It's mm. that fun. It's really good. The first two are in modern days where it's like this punk kid in, on like London streets gets adopted into this Kingsman society, which is an agency that protects the crown. And mm. then the third one actually goes back in time to the formation of Kingsman and has such an insane mo- mid movie twist that mm. I was like, what the hell? How are you going to, how's this movie going to keep going on? But it's so good. <laughs> so uh, please watch the Kingsman franchise. It just, it's really awesome and not enough people see it, but yeah, it's good. Is That'd it streaming somewhere? Uh, yeah, I know for I know it's on HBO. I think I think it's also on Hulu. Okay, so yeah, nice. I haven't uh, been uh, watching anything new lately except for Loki. Yeah. So if you guys haven't seen that, get caught up on for Loki. Sure. It's really good. And I've been watching a lot of Taskmaster as well. I just started yeah, I back do. on uh, season one because I watched like season eleven through fifteen or something like that. And yeah. I think I watched season like eight or something. And then now I was like, okay, I got to start at season one and see them all. That's such a good show. Season one feels very different than season 15, huh? Yeah, they, it's like they're, they're figuring out what they're doing still. But yeah, it's still and good. Then it's fun. I, the task, uh, you, I don't know if you've seen it yet, but the one where they say, get the balls on the yoga mat on top of the hill. Uh, Have no. you seen oh, that task yeah. yet? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was the first time where Alex, like after they were done, Alex talking to the crew like, is that allowed? Like, what are we going to do? And they're like, yeah, actually, I think that's better. And then so then they were like, because I've been watching a lot of interviews too. And so they're mm. like, let's think, let's endorse thinking laterally like that. So then that becomes the part of the main part of the show is, yeah. can you break the task? You know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I, I love it when it's it's so much better when the person can figure out if it's either like a pre-made loophole that you can work through or when they just break it, like you're saying, to make their own yeah. loophole within the task. And it's like, well, yeah, I could, I could move the spot that's on the ground. I just said I can't get off the spot, right? It's like, well, shit, you're right. We didn't glue it to the cement. So <laughs> yeah. if you can move it, you got it. <laughs> I love on on uh, season fifteen when when Frankie finds uh, these like gold paddles and you crawling walk up with gold shoes on the grass <laughs> finds these gold paddles and he puts them on and they're by the end they're just they're debating whether or not that counts and Alex is like well if he's disqualified then May is both the fastest and the slowest and it's nine points and everybody's like yeah. yep gold shoes those were hella gold <laughs> yeah. and he's like they're they're like. Um... Uh, racquetball rackets or something like that. Yeah. He's like, well, there's snowshoes. Who snowshoes? Like, That's what they use in Alaska. Come on now, these are just Alaskan <laughs> yeah. shoes. It's like, ah, shit. Uh, that's true. That's funny. <laughs> I can't wait for you to season seven because that I think is got to be the best season. Yeah. And it's and it's because like it's just off the hinge. James A. Caster, which is a comedian from UK, you got it. He's chaotic good, right? I've, I mentioned that before, but he's he's punk. He's an asshole in all the right ways. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, so he's just great. And then you've got, you know, you've got one of them that is literally a friend of Greg um, who keeps showing half naked pictures of Greg everywhere. And just it's so, <laughs> oh, my God, it's such a crazy season. And uh, yeah, that that's nice. nice. That's a good one. <laughs> yeah, I'm looking forward to it. All right, guys, that's it for us this week. Thanks for hanging out with us again. Let us know on social media what you guys think of X-Men and the new Rick and Morty voice. All the different questions we want to hear from you guys. And uh, we'll see you guys next week. Bye. Bye.